perfect. Hi, and welcome to the Business Behind Beauty podcast. My name is Jess, and today we have the wonderful Dr. Jennifer Owens on. Um, she's going to be joining us and um, telling us her story, where she got to, um, how she got to where she is now. And um, yeah, so Jennifer, if you'd like to introduce yourself. Thank you, Jess. Um, my name is Jennifer. I'm originally a dentist, uh, but I now work full time in aesthetics. So I have a couple of clinics in Ireland, one in Dublin and one in Cork. And uh, yeah, I suppose it, it took me quite a few years to get there, but that's yep. that's what we're here to, to chat about for, for anyone yep. looking to get into aesthetics or people working in aesthetics. Yeah. So where did you start then? So tell us like your story, your background, how you got to where you are now. Where did it all start? So, well, I, I, um, I did dentistry originally. Uh, I graduated in 2011, which was probably yeah. the worst time to come out as a dentist because <laughs> there was a practice closing down every month, I think, in Ireland. Oh, really? Uh, so, yeah, so I ended up in Australia in the outback mm. for a few years. Uh, baptism of fire, really. You just learned how to do everything because there was no nearby specialist or anything. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, came home. I was Google's dentist for a while which yeah. was interesting but I think you know I, I had a lovely job half eight to half four Monday to Friday I was paid pretty well but I knew that I couldn't be a dentist for the rest of my life I it, you know when you have a good job and you don't like it you yeah. know you really don't like it so what I to be honest I, I hated not hated my job but I hated that everybody hated coming in to see me right. I know that sounds really silly but yeah I never hated the dentist but when you have 15 people a day who are like, I don't want to be here. I hate this. I'm, Mm -hmm. you know, they're upset. They're nervous. Mm -hmm. I really find that really tough. So Mm -hmm. I was looking at different things. I'd looked at Botox for dealing with facial pain and people clenching and grinding their teeth. And I kind of just followed that path and um, did more training. I did kind of certificates and diplomas and I ended up doing a a master's in aesthetic medicine in, in London. Mm -hmm. And I really, I kind of found my place. Uh, You know, I I really, I, I absolutely adore aesthetics. The first time I went to IMCAS, which is a huge 12,000 person conference. I just thought I'm home. This is it. This is some weird looking people here with some giant lips and cheekbones and stuff, but this, this, these are my people. (laughs) Uh, So I, I worked, I worked kind of, I did a lot of cosmetic dentistry, a lot of veneers and orthodontics as well as when I was doing injectables. So I was working across a few clinics um, and eventually opened my own clinic in 2018. And I've been, I've been full-time in that uh, ever since. So it's yeah I got lucky I found yeah. where, where I wanted to be <laughs> did you um so do you specialize in injectables mainly is that what you mainly do mainly yes so I have a relatively new skin therapist who's taking over a lot of my skin treatments in in the glow clinic we like we I do um pretty much all the filler treatments filler is 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 something I really really enjoy but we do yeah we do anything injectable wise or topical skin treatments, microneedling, LED yeah. therapy. I um, have a new machine that's that's coming in soon that I'm really excited about kind of with light therapy and and ablative ablative treatments. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm always looking for something new. But yes, it's it's, you know, the bread and butter would be Botox mm-hmm. filler, Profilo yeah. uh, and then microneedling and acne treatments. And mm-hmm. I I work with a number of different brands. So I trained with Obagi, with uh, ZO, with the um, 
intradermology um and then we have some Illumiate stock as well so I kind of you know I'm, I I cheat on everybody I take <laughs> with every every brand yeah um, I also like some products from Medicaid and I frequently recommend simple ones like CeraVe or Cetaphil uh, mm-hmm. but I I just always want to find the best of you know whatever yeah. any brand or treatment yeah. I'm like, what's the best use of this yeah what's definitely. the most fun we can have uh, yep. so yeah it's, it's it's kind of I suppose as holistic as as aesthetics yeah. can be to date um, is, is the goal really yeah I do find that in this industry it's as with working with different people do tend to bounce between different brands to because mm. it's more about what's finding what's best for your client rather than working with like specific brands in particular Um, yeah and I think people are so different that there's never you know if 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 a rep tells me oh this product works for everybody all the time I'm like no 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 way no yeah (laughs) no definitely that's what I find I find that a lot of skin skin specialist practitioners doctors nurses now they're almost kind of just they're not even putting on a lot of their websites and, and things the treatment they actually do is more of you're coming mm. in and we're tailoring absolutely everything to what you yes. need so um which is really good um do you find the sort of clientele that you deal with then do you get people come in for um cosmetic reasons of obviously the anti-aging or fillers or do you try and work with more people do that more of need need the help or people that come in with concerns obviously you said that you're about the Botox for the grinding around the mouth yes so do you have like a yes. wide range of clients people? I, I do really yeah I find you know I mean it's it's funny because you have you have people and and, and, and an awful lot of people particularly Irish patients will say oh I know I'm just being vain but mm. I hate this or <laughs> You, you know, or uh, like I wake up and I, I, I look in the mirror and mm. I feel like I look exhausted all the time. So mm. it's it's hard to figure if something is for cosmetic or yeah. because their their confidence is knocked. And I think that's, you know, that's a very mixed yeah. area. It, all, all of those things contribute. But yes, there's a there's a big mix. So I have I have patients that primarily come in for facial pain or their jaw mm. has actually gotten quite big. They may have mm-hmm. been referred referred by a dentist or somebody else uh, who doesn't do doesn't do Botox. Uh, mm-hmm. I have I have quite a few men uh, who get sent in by their wives usually to mm-hmm. to kind of catch up in that they're looking too old <laughs> um, yeah. or they're looking too tired after the first kid or two has arrived. Mm-hmm. Um, I have I have like I've one or two younger patients that might come in with their with their mother that their nose is is a bit mm-hmm. crooked and yeah you know a small bit of filler can can yeah. really transform their confidence compared to yeah. having a full a full uh, surgical rhinoplasty mm. uh, I, I suppose my 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 kind of main my two main groups of patients are either people like me in their 30s who mm-hmm. want to take the best care of themselves and yeah. keep themselves healthy or they've had a couple of kids and they just look shagged all the time mm-hmm. and they, they need some help <laughs> yeah. um, and it, you know it's not fair what women have to go through in our lives it's <laughs> oh, just oh, not yeah, fair between Oh God, you know, you have kids and then there's the menopause, like none of it is fair. So no, I, I yeah. think all of that is, is something, if someone feels they need it, they need it. Uh, mm. But I have a lot of first timers in their late fifties and sixties. Yeah. And okay. I really love, I really love that because number one, I'm so privileged that they've trusted me mm-hmm. um, because they're nervous. You know, they yeah. really don't want anyone to know that they had anything done. They're even mm-hmm. nervous of bruising and having to explain that. Yeah. But it's amazing how you can have someone who, you know, they're maybe 64 mm-hmm. and they're divorced and they feel like, 
this is it like this 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 is my life now and you can help them remember how energetic and and lovely they really are yeah few injections I mean that's yeah oh yeah no yeah completely I completely agree and um for your so we um come across people that are obviously new to in injections and stuff what is your advice because obviously some people do come across like nervous or are concerned of what's in it I always find that people come in and talk to us about injectable treatments but I I normally say that the people that almost will put you off the people that have overdone it that put you off having yes. it, it it like that it shouldn't look like that it is very oh, it is meant to be very natural very kind of just bringing that glow back it's not as scary yes. as what people people think so yeah, I, I agree with you yeah, yeah well, I, I think I think poor old Botox gets a bad rap in the media mm. I mean it gets blamed for giant lips and yeah. stretched faces that it can't do I, I, my first thing when, cause I, I get a lot of those patients and the first mm. thing I say is, you know, there's no allowing for taste. Yeah. <laughs> if you have a friend whose eyebrows are halfway up their forehead and you really think they shouldn't be there, mm. but they've been there for a couple of years, they're going back and they're asking for the same treatment because yeah. they like it. Yeah. Just like some people get much longer, more artificial looking nails and other people mm-hmm. prefer them short and, and, you know, natural looking you can do any of it. And mm-hmm. I, I don't agree with making people look distorted and 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 not like a human being. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's autonomy. People, people are are allowed within reason to to look the way that they that they want to look with tattoos wherever they want them or or whatever yeah. else. My advice is number one, don't don't be put off by by the bad stuff because mm-hmm. you don't tend to see the good stuff. It yeah. doesn't yeah. you know show itself to you yeah. as, as dramatically. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is find somebody who embodies what you want so just like if you want a pink mohawk you don't go to the hairdresser who gives glossy Kate Middleton Mm -hmm. hair you go to the hairdresser who does a pink mohawk yeah um it's it's the same thing you want to find someone I think I think the communication actually can be can be the the most maybe nerve wracking thing for somebody we've all gone into the hairdressers with our Pinterest photos and said this is what I want and you come out and you go, oh my God, I got a terrible haircut. And the, the hairdresser didn't do a, b- a bad job. It's just mm-hmm. your picture in your head and their picture in their head of what you want to look like yeah. was different. And I yeah. think that's that's the thing that if you can get that right and you have someone who's you know qualified and safe and insured yeah. and, and mm-hmm. knows what they're doing, it's kind of hard to go too far wrong. Yeah, yeah. No, I completely agree. I think um, when it's all done in in the right way, safe and Mm -hmm. going to the right people, I think that there's nothing there's nothing wrong with it. And I think there's nothing wrong with people just wanting to feel good about themselves or enhance kind of their own natural beauty. So it's it's um, I think it can be given a bad name when people are just doing things. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think I think, too, you know, there's there's like a shame or a guilt factor of like oh god am I just very vain that I want to have this done or I had a patient ask me recently you know she said what what do you think is aging gracefully because there's a lot of shame of like oh well yeah she's gorgeous but she's loads of Botox and fillers like yeah that's not her she's not natural and personally I think aging gracefully is doing whatever the hell you want it's more about your mindset if you're getting a nose job so that you'll get a boyfriend Mm. That's probably not the reason to get a nose job. Yeah, like, mm. you know, you, you can do it if, if you're doing it because something bothers you and you'd like to do something about it. 
I, th- I think you can do whatever you want. Yeah, no, I do. I do completely agree. As long as you're doing it for yourself, regardless of what it is, mm-hmm. uh, then I think, yeah, you should be able to do whatever you want, whatever makes you feel good. So, um, yeah. So with like, in terms of, of, you do teach injectables as well, don't you? Yes, I do. Yeah. I teach Botox um, yeah. in Cosmet Training Academy in Dublin, uh, which yeah. I love. Um, yeah. I love, to be honest, I love the mix of teaching yeah. and seeing my patients and yeah. you know doing virtual consults and stuff it's it really keeps it interesting for me but uh yeah so I do I train I've been training for a number of years um teaching teaching Botox and and some other small bits and pieces but primarily Botox yeah and going into kind of the the training world and injectables what's your view on people who are doing injectables now because I think this is my own personal opinion that no I, I I definitely think that you need to be in a medical background to be able to do it because my view is that you can be the most amazing injector from more of a beauty background but it's what makes people good at what they do is how to also to deal with things when things go wrong and a lot of people that don't have the medical background don't have the um, capability to be able to deal with situations when they go wrong and I and that's kind of my view on injectables but I also think as well that just because that you're a nurse a dentist or a doctor doesn't mean that you're also going to be good at injectables because or because of um, the way that you are working with the face and, and the client so what what is your view on people that are doing it? So, yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting area to discuss. Um, I, I agree with you. I think with even with treatments, when I present a treatment option to a patient, the parameter for them being able to decide whether it's for them is what's the worst case scenario here? What if everything goes wrong? What mm-hmm. happens? How do we fix it? Who fixes it? Mm-hmm. And is that something you're willing to, to, to kind of accept as a potential risk? And I think it should be the same for injectors mm-hmm. injecting. Yeah. <laughs> yes, if you put filler in the nose, you can probably charge more for it than if you put it in the cheeks. But do you know how much riskier it is to put it in the nose? Are you prepared to, to deal with the complications? Can you prescribe antibiotics or steroids if that's needed? I think that for anyone doing any treatment, it should be like, well, what's the worst case scenario here? And can I cope with that? Yeah. Um, personally, you know, I wouldn't be able to sleep at night time if I, <laughs> if I, yeah. if I wasn't prepared for those, I, I just, I would find the treatments were too much. So I think, I think that's, that's something that any injector needs to ask themselves, not to look at the glitzy Instagram posts of mm-hmm. be a boss babe and be your own boss and make <laughs> loads of money in a week or whatever. Like that, yeah. that sounds great and all, but you as a person, if you're going to do these things to people, are you able to, to take care of it? Because I think that's, that, that's essential. You, you shouldn't do it if, if you're not able to do that. And I think you do have to have some medical training and, yeah. and, either you know work very closely with a prescriber or be a prescriber so that you can deal with these things um because bad things do happen or people get unlucky uh I think you're you're absolutely right as well when it comes to people coming into the industry you know aesthetics years ago like 20 years ago when there was maybe five people in the UK and Ireland doing it (laughs) it was a license to print money because it was so rare now I don't know that the treatments were were as good we've certainly refined (laughs) things a lot over the last 20 years Mm. Um, but 
it, it, it was. So I think it, it still has this thing of like, oh, it's an easy way to make money. It's easier than my day job. Sure, it's, it's an easier job anyway. I should be easy. It, it should be fine to do it. And I think that's probably not the right uh, mindset to go into anything. And yeah. I, see, I see it. I see people who are, when I teach, there's the ones that I know will be good injectors because they're actually, um, they're cautious. They're thinking about what they're doing. This is new for them. They're, they're respecting it, I suppose, as something separate to what they trained in. Um, and then there's the ones who just go, oh, this is so much easier than what I do. I'll just bang, bang, bang. I want to go. And they scare the life out of me. I wouldn't let them near my own face yeah yeah uh, so I, th- I think it's like it's it's a separate industry it's it's taken a while for it to grow because it came from kind of nowhere mm. but it it is an in- a separate industry or a speciality and you need training and you need experience before you can be competent regardless yeah. of of where you started I think yeah you know a plastic surgeon who works on the face has a has a big leg up Mm-hmm. compared to a nurse who's primarily working with cancer patients like yeah. they're, they're just very different different kind of experiences um but the the nurse working with the cancer patient may have excellent bedside manner yeah. <laughs> to talk to her patients and listen to them and understand them so people come <laughs> and they bring their different skills but everybody needs training because Completely. it is a different job Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I do find is kind of in in the industry in general, not just injectables, but the beauty and the aesthetic industry. It's very it can be very seen easy. I'm seeing a huge influx now of people wanting to come into this industry and it is great. But people aren't uh, but people aren't seeing the real the realistic side of what actually really goes on, the risk of the complications and how to deal with things if it does go wrong. And like you said, it is going to happen. I've had things that have happened to my clients, which was never intentional or anything. Mm-hmm. It's just because of the way that things react with the skin and everything. And um, and also as well as everything that goes on the behind the scenes, it's not it, it it's and how to deal with a client you're dealing with realistic expectations you're dealing with mm-hmm. customer customer service so there's a lot that comes with it and it's not and people need to take that more seriously I think um, I, I think they do and I've, I've seen even you know like a doctor who's working in a hospital has been on the training course talking about how much this is going to cost and yeah. you know that the person's going to need to pay for this every three months or four yeah. months that's a a learning curve for them and I think if you're doing something to somebody that has risks and you're charging them money for it like it you have to do that fairly you have to explain all all the things so I I think I think you're right I think people see it as oh sure you just do this you go in you stick some injections in someone's face or even you know you do a peel and you can charge this much money for it and the, the human body, there is no guarantee. People can just react. You know that well, Jess. Like, yeah. th- that, there's never a guarantee. If someone tells me there's a guarantee, I immediately yeah. want to run away because yeah. I know they have to be lying mm-hmm. or else they're, they're, they're not experienced enough to know yeah. that, that it doesn't always go the way that we all want it to. Completely, yeah. I always say to my, uh, when I'm with like staff or when I'm doing training, is that the first port of call in the consultation, you're almost better off like underselling because and, mm-hmm. and putting it into the client's hands or the patient's hands that you're willing to take on all of this is not guaranteed. Obviously, we're doing as much as we can to make sure that we're giving the best treatment, we're using the best technology, we've, we've yeah. got the best knowledge, we've got the best training. 
but there's only so much you can do until you are working with a, a patient's realistic expectations and somebody's body. So yes, and hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, it, it, and I it think is because yeah. I always say to, I also say as well that in this industry, you do need to have a passion for it. Um, I always say, even when I do interviews with staff, I say, as soon as you feel like that you don't enjoy your job anymore, then you need to let me know or you need to go because everything notices it, the way that you perform your treatments, the way that the clients feel, the team vibe, you do really need to have a passion in this industry and for people to work, work together. um... definitely definitely because I think people are drawn into aesthetics and beauty with this idea that it's it's easy money or you can make a lot of money easier than than some other way I back when I was figuring out uh, how to not be a dentist I did a yoga teacher training course as well Mm -hmm. and I I remember my that the teacher was you know we'd accountants and all all these people who were all most of us were pretty stressed out by our day jobs doing this this yoga teacher training course and he said you do know that being a yoga teacher is also a job. Like you, you can be a yoga teacher and you can be so stressed out yeah. because it's still a job. You, mm. you know, you still have to get up on Monday morning and you don't always feel like going up and going yeah. into work. But yeah. I, you know, if I'm really tired, I've come home late on a Tuesday having had a back to back day and I'm buzzing because my work gives me energy. Yeah. And yeah. that's how I think, I mean, we all need to just find that in our in our lives and if if that's how you feel about aesthetics Mm. you won't have an issue creating a business or or supporting yourself from from a job like that but if you think it's just an easier way to earn money than what you're currently doing and and you Mm. don't enjoy it and you don't enjoy your patient interactions Mm. you're going to struggle you know it's you really are yeah no I completely agree like I can come back from like a 16 hour day being Mm. at work since god knows what time yeah and as much as I'm tired it feels good it's rewarding even when it has been kind of almost like a stressful day I thrive on that that Mm -hmm. stress and that problem solving and to deal with things and you are in, in in this industry you are a million different roles you are doing you are trying to do different different things and you do need to want them do need to enjoy that sort of thing oh totally yeah I think because there's there's that um that myth that you know do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life I it do what you love and you'll work all the time but you'll just enjoy it (laughs) you'll work even more if you do what you love (laughs) yeah but you'll like it (laughs) yeah completely and that's the same just in general advice for like anyone in any job I Mm -hmm. think is that you do I was looking at scale the other day and you are literally like generally we're working from like the age of 17 or 16 mm-hmm. all the way through to 65 or whatever the retirement age is like that is a huge chunk of our lives oh, so if you're not spending that time doing something you enjoy then I think it is really important to find find a passion regardless of what 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 it yes. is and yeah. I, I think actually that's that's part of why I opened my own clinic um, because I, I don't think I was the best employee. I don't think I was terrible, but yeah. I always wanted like the new technology or I wanted to do this. And it, I was, I was going to just work my butt off for somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas now I, I don't really stop working, but it's at least it's for me. Yeah, and I have absolutely. kind of, I have that say in, in, in the, the standard of care or the standard of treatments mm-hmm. that you don't always get when you work somewhere else. So it's, it's great to be part of any, I think any, any um, 
clinic or training academy that has high standards yeah if you're passionate about the 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 service that's where you want to be because it it works much much better that way yeah completely yeah and um going off of what you said talking about your business um what made you want to open like a business what did you what have you found that your struggles are do you would you say that are you opening like you said you're open you've opened your business because you enjoy doing the treatments and you enjoy those high standards what would you say that you are in terms of a business woman do you are you like what are you like with your employees how have you found opening a business did what your pros highs lows success what have you had to go through to I I feel like I'm still an infant I feel like I'm a toddler running around as when it comes to business (laughs) (laughs) um you know I could probably inject Botox in my eyes closed at this stage but the, (laughs) the 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 business element of it um I think I think if somebody if you open your own business you do it because you just can't do it any other way yeah, I think some people like to open a business where they like to be like, oh, well, this is my business. I own a business. I'm an entrepreneur. For mm. me, it was like, I just I can't do it this way. So this I have to do it the other way. And yeah. for me, that was that was opening a business. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a, a steep learning curve. I think the the hardest part was probably making the transition to working for someone else. Yeah. And opening my own business because there's a lot of, you know, financial implications with that and kind of trying to establish yourself as as your own clinic. Um, and I was still working in other clinics so I could pay my rent and pay for all my training. That yeah. was probably the hardest section in yeah. in 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 the whole lot. I at one point I I was working in three or four different clinics. I was doing my master's and I reversed my car into a wall. Uh, because I didn't look <laughs> like I was just my brain was fried there was too many tabs open all the time yeah um and now nobody was hurt it was all fine it was like a thousand euro worth of damage I had to pay for it or whatever, whatever. it was it was, yeah. it was it was it was it was actually a pretty cheap lesson it could have been yeah. it could have been much much worse um but that for me that was when it was like okay I, I really have to change something what I'm doing is not working and then I started looking at premises and 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 looking at opening my my own um business I think the business side of it has has been much harder um not that I anticipated it would be easy but you're not given any business training in dental school the very first Botox course I did back in 2014 was like theory of Botox and fillers in the morning uh Mm -hmm. marketing at lunchtime while you eat a sandwich and then you get to inject half a lip and half a forehead in the afternoon (laughs) you know it was a complete Mickey Mouse course Uh, not Mickey Mouse but like that that's what was available at the time Mm -hmm. um I I definitely went on and did a lot more training since then um (laughs) but that you know it was very much like a little add-on this is how you market it nobody tells you how to have spreadsheets for stock control or you know looking at this is what you need to do with your employees so that has been a learning a big learning learning curve for me but I have I've had good relationships with my employees to date and I have I have found it it works quite well my like with my patients I want my employees to be happy yeah because I know that makes for the best employee and the that you know as a business owner you'll get the most out of that person but if everybody's happy mm. everybody's doing you know they're passionate and and just like you were saying about somebody working with you the minute you stop enjoying your job, 
is mm-hmm. the minute either something has to change or maybe they need to look at at going somewhere else. Um, so I think with that in mind, I, I've probably um, I've, I've built a very, very nice team. Um, I'm really happy with them. It's probably more the the accounting and the VAT and all the yeah. all the other <laughs> stuff. That's the headache. Really so convinced. I I think for anyone starting their own business, it it is amazing what you can outsource. You can outsource your HR, you can outsource, you don't, when you're a business owner or when you're thinking about becoming a business owner, you can't even count the amount of hats you have to put on your head, whether it's the clinician or the therapist or, you know, discussing the rent with the landlords during COVID. Like it's, (laughs) there's so many different things. So to look at what you can outsource and yeah. outsource it so that you can do the bits that you do well really yeah. well is is probably the best thing that you can that you can do yeah no I agree I think when you open a business no one can prepare anyone for opening a business. <laughs> no oh, I gosh. think that is I think it is one of those things and is I find sometimes it's the things that kind of go wrong or catch you off guard yeah. that's when you learn from it you need to oh, you don't know learning. about it until it's there and you're like right I need to deal with this oh, problem now yeah so I yeah. think that I again I definitely. think that you definitely need to if you're going to open a business I definitely think again you need to have the passion and I think that yes. you need to enjoy unexpected chaos I think that that's kind of and uh, not so much unexpected not so much chaos but just having to wear all those different hats and yeah um, yeah definitely the one thing that I've kind of learned now which is which taken me like a good couple of years to learn is definitely outsourcing definitely getting people in that are good at their jobs and that they can and that they can help you and since when I first opened my business I was trying to kind of do everything myself and at the time I didn't really know anyone around me that could help but the power of communicating with people who are who also own businesses, who also have been in those positions of you, people who know more than you do or go into different departments. The power of talking to other people is just it, it just is um, really helps with your business. And it um, does. Yeah, it yeah. does. I think, you know, it, it doesn't. I think sometimes people, you know, they're looking to start a business and they, they don't even know anyone else who, who has right. that business. Yeah. That doesn't matter. Like business no. is business. You have exactly, to yeah. pay rent, pay your taxes, pay your staff, you know, manage your overheads. So you can join like I joined the Dublin Chamber of Commerce and I used to go to kind of networking meetings yeah. and nobody was doing what I was doing. Mm-hmm. But if you learn one thing from one person, that was worth going to to Definitely. that networking breakfast or what, whatever it was. Um, I think that's that being open to that and being it's it's almost like being a sponge. You just like probably what what people initially do when they train, where you just soak up all the knowledge and yeah. you ask this person who's good at this and this person who's good at that. Yeah. You have to do the same in business. It is no matter what industry they are in that and probably having a very strong ability to cope with feeling nauseous um I think I think I felt nauseous for two and a half for three years <laughs> yeah definitely no definitely I completely agree I think that the, the structure and the makeup of a, the business the, the fundamental of it is still very similar and I always say that you do need to be very open-minded at when if you either want to get higher up in your job role or you want to own a business or wherever you want to go you need to be very open-minded that 
nothing's kind of right and nothing's wrong like you can learn from every situation every person and um you need to be open to that you need yeah I think that's um that's really important in terms of like your so obviously you you are a doctor and you've done all your dentists and stuff for the people that are learning what would you say kind of almost like your top tips are for education really we get we find that a lot of people go into this industry because people are more hands-on they do want to be around people they do want to be mm. doing that hands-on um with the clients what would you say that your tips are for absorbing information learning things do you do you listen to podcasts are you good at reading and absorbing information what are your I would, yeah, I, th- I think, well, I think what you, what you need, um, is certainly if, if you're going to be an injector, if you're, if you're medically qualified um, and you're going to be an injector, you need hands-on experience, but then you need the kind of the- theoretical and certification. I think they're two separate avenues. Like the master's I did, there was a lot of research. I had to do a thesis, stuff yeah. I wouldn't sign up for uh, on purpose, really, <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> I felt I needed a qualification that said, yes, I am very experienced in this area. I know what I'm doing for, you know, for my own kind of uh, self-confidence and for for the comfort of my patients. I have spent an awful lot of time looking at the best evidence-based research and, and, and what are the standards of care for this. And then there's the other element, which is the, the non-book Mm-hmm. learning yeah. so yeah. that yeah. is you know for, for a number of years every holiday that I had wasn't really a holiday it was shadowing a plastic surgeon in New York it was going mm-hmm. to a conference in Paris it was going here to yeah. do that I, I tried to learn in as many different avenues as I as I could I think you do learn the most from people you yeah. know than 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 from a book yeah. uh podcasts are great I love a podcast because I can do it while I'm running or in the gym or walking to work and you know when when you're doing something like this you're busy your time yeah. is precious yeah, you want to use it as well as you can um a podcast like this is great for someone yeah. starting out for someone in um injectables the inside aesthetics podcast is super uh yeah. it's run by a doctor and a guy who owns lots of clinics um, but you can find, you know, you can find different things. Even um, I'm currently doing a, a fellowship in anti-aging and metabolic medicine in the States. Amazing. And a lot of my lectures are their their webinars, but I can just listen to them on my phone. Mm-hmm. And I've finished, I've actually finished all my work for for the fellowship, but I don't want to hand it in yet because I'll lose mm-hmm. access to my lectures. And I love, <laughs> I love just like throwing on something. I'm like, oh yeah, I just want to remember exactly what that was. And it's yeah. the little nuggets that a speaker says at the, in the first opening minutes, yeah. rather than just this is, you know, the pharmacology or this is the physiology of this. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. their little tips of, well, I always ask the patient this and yeah. you kind of go, wow, that's, that's amazing. So yeah, I would say, podcast I would I would do it whatever suits you whatever fits yeah. your lifestyle if you're in the car a lot mm-hmm. you need then podcast is is a no-brainer mm-hmm. if you get the train to work or the tube or the dart then having a book might be a better option for you um you know you load something up on your kindle or your ipad mm-hmm. I think you you have to be just like you have to be passionate about what you're doing yeah. you have to be hungry for knowledge mm-hmm. like certainly I, I think there's a lot more education available now. Um, when I started, I went to Amsterdam, I went to the US because there just there was no courses in Ireland. Um, yeah. There was, you know, you had to at least go to London 
but even still it was like people who'd pop up on Harley Street for one day to teach a course and like really they're they're not that that highly qualified at all (laughs) yeah um so I think I think now it's people are lucky there's clinics will take people on with minimal experience and train them up Mm. um but to make yourself the best that you can be I would say you need all the kind of the hands-on the the shadowing experience and you can get those kind of things from podcasts and books uh Dr. Zaino Baji has has a great book it is obviously promoting a lot of his products, but yeah. the science of the skin and, and and how you assess things is in there. So I think you have to do both. You have to kind of build your, your certification and your qualifications, but you have to get your hands on and, yeah. and shadow people. Um, yeah. And you'd be surprised how, how nice people are, you know, yeah. people who are willing to meet you for a coffee or a lot of injectors uh, will have a fee that you pay and you can come and shadow some shadow them for the day. Um, and that is really, really, really worth every penny. Yeah, completely. Yeah, no, I do completely agree. I find that anyone, most people who have a true passion in this industry wants is happy to help people that also have a passion because everybody just wants to be doing the best that they can and everybody finds it interesting everybody knows the power of knowledge and working together and I think that's that's one thing that is also really nice really nice that that can happen in the industry yes Um, I think so yeah oh amazing well um thank you for all of that um in terms of just just to finish off just for like our listeners and stuff what would you do to um, what would be kind of your tips in terms of how do you kind of look after yourself in all this chaos so you you're very you're such a calm person you're so easy and nice to talk to so would you do are you very healthy your lifestyle do you do all your yoga and everything do you like working out so how do you kind of spend your time when you're not working, basically? So when I'm not working, which isn't that often, um, <laughs> or when you are working, what do you do? Yeah, <laughs> even when, I think it's, it's actually, it's when you're stressed. It's when you are working, mm. when you are, you know, you're, you're really being squeezed. Yeah. You need to keep taking care of yourself. Now, I don't always do that perfectly, yeah. same yeah. as anyone else. You know, yeah. I have lots of patients and, and their skin issues might be stress related. And I say <laughs> to them, you know, if, if you figure out how to get rid of the stress in your life, please let me know. Me and, and all the rest of my patients would love to know. That's yeah. not going to happen. We're never going to get to this place where everything's perfect. But I think um, two things for me, one, one is exercise. Now, that's not for everybody, but for me, exercise calms my head down. So yeah. Even if I'm tired, my legs are sore, I go for like a run is just, you know, I don't have to track it on Strava or anything. It just clears my head. I often find solutions. It's mm. it's a form of meditation, really. You know, somebody yeah. told me before, like walking can be meditation. Cooking can be meditation. Mm. Find your thing that helps reset you mm-hmm. and make sure that that's a non-negotiable whether yeah. it's um you know you get up early or you just wear your your gym gear to the clinic yeah and you run home I, like it doesn't matter yeah. you just have to fit it in yeah. I think that's really important and then the the second thing and I think this this is something like we all do or we all we all don't do at, at different times is focus on what you want not mm-hmm. what you don't want yeah um you know, it, that sounds very simplistic and maybe even a bit patronizing, but mm. we often give out about this isn't working or um, I, uh, Tony Robbins is, is a great motivational speaker. And he said, you know, you yeah. need to ask better questions. 
if something bad happens and you go, oh, why does this always mm. happen to me? What's wrong with me? Your brain is going to provide you with some answers to those questions, which are not really much use. <laughs> Whereas if you're if you try and change your questions of, OK, how can I work with this? How can I learn from this? How can I grow from this? How can I make this better? Yeah, you're going to get better answers. Yeah. Um, and and whether it's even someone like losing weight, like some of my patients, I'll talk to them about nutrition or, or reducing sugar for their skin. I would say if, if someone, if we're trying to improve their diet, I'm like, okay, you need to have six portions of vegetables. Focus mm. on those. Yeah. You won't have as much space for all the other stuff. Yeah. So focus on what you want, yeah. not on what you can't have or what's going wrong or how terrible, why am I so unlucky? This happens to me all the time. Mm. You're just going to get more of that if that's what you focus on. Yeah. Um, but it's it's not always easy, you know, if it's two in the morning and you've woken up because you're stressed. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's hard oh, yeah. But to just change your question. Yeah. Can be the start of 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 going on a on a different track with it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I completely agree. I think it is the power of mindset. And I think it is mm-hmm. and it's it's it is definitely easier said than done. We everyone's been in the situation where we're saying this now, but but we um deal with things differently but I do definitely think that it is um taking kind of responsibility of yourself your mindset looking after your mind looking after your body and and like you said focusing on things that you do want and instead of obviously the stuff that you don't but Mm. um yeah that's really interesting it's been so lovely talking to you about everything I could literally sit and listen to you talk all day it's really nice (laughs) I know Um, I could stay here all day too Jen yeah it's been so interesting um I really enjoyed it but um cool thank you so much for being on the podcast the listeners I reckon will absolutely love it so I hope um so <laughs> yeah no, thanks really. for listening anyone who is listening <laughs> yeah no it has it's been really lovely um but yeah thank you everyone for listening and we'll see you on the next podcast